Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. I'm Taylor, and with me, as he is every month when we are, well, literally stuck in the house, but wandering back through the hazy halls of our memories growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s and 90s. This time, he's the uh, Michael Jackson mosaic to my Bee Gees lunchbox. It's my brother, Sab. What's happening, dude? Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Tay. Hey. Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm in week six of working from home, basically. So mm-hmm. hoping all of our listeners out there in podcast land are safe and healthy and doing their their bit with social distancing and all that kind of good stuff. Um, how, how are you doing tonight? Um, doing okay. I tweaked my back earlier while uh, working on part of the bus um, last, last week. Um, we were kind of having a Saturday backyard barbecue. Um, and I just, I happened to look at Facebook and saw that somebody in San Jose had a uh, fridge sink unit that would be correct for my bus oh. uh, for free. Oh, well, you can't argue with that. No. And I, I responded really quickly. I was like, oh my God, I, I'm over in Livermore. I will totally come and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, if nobody's claimed it and only after the fact that I realized that that ha- this ad had already been up for like 23 hours at that point, free, free bus parts never seemed to last that long, but nobody had claimed it score. And so, yeah, last Sunday I masked up, gloved up and motored down to San Jose to pick this thing up. Um, and it's, I mean, obviously it's not perfect. It's missing some parts. It needs some love, uh, you know. Um, but I've been working on that okay. this past week. You know, I get done with the the work day and I need to unwind. And so I tend to go tinker on the bus. Um, and so I was taking a break from work today and I was doing um, a little bit of work on it. We're kind of re-gluing some of the pieces together. So, you know, everything kind of sits nice and square Okay. again. And I've got it sitting up on a folding table, um, but I was still kind of hunched over working on it and i think Mm. that's that's what kind of did it because um yeah um back is not happy right now upper back lower back what lower lower back right hand side yeah yeah i mean it honestly feels like somebody like karate kicked me in the kidney uh back there which i'm i'm honestly hoping it it genuinely is muscle pain and not not my kidney yeah god forbid um but I'm sure just, you know, a good night's sleep, making yeah. a point of not sleeping on on my front um, will kind of let, let my back kind of stretch out. Uh, and that's, that, yeah, it will. It will. I, and I can tell it's nerve things because I can kind of feel it down my leg and I can kind of feel it up into my arm a little bit. Um, and that just that just tells me I've pinched a nerve. <laughs> but hopefully this Sierra Nevada beer will help unwind things uh, <laughs> along with some more ice pack later. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are also in, yeah, we're now in our not quite second full month, mm. second full calendar month yeah. of, of shelter in place. And yeah, it's going to be going at least another month. Totally. Everything yeah. almost feels like Halloween. I mean, I wear a mask. I feel really scared and I run around trying to find things to eat, you know? 
just... yes but how much candy are you getting in the process <laughs> right not enough <laughs> anyway well hopefully uh things are going to be looking looking up pretty soon yep yep uh here's hoping um and yeah anyway i tell you what let's take a look at what's going on in the news all right well our first news story here apparently nasa is bringing back their old school retro logo on some upcoming space flights uh this was a, a logo that was used by nasa on its rockets and space shuttles from about 1975 to 1992. okay um, it's called the worm w-o-r-m logo i've never yep. heard called that but it makes sense it's kind of nasa written in a kind of funky red script that is a kind of flowing continuous line almost mm -hmm. um i'll be honest I, I never really noticed that it went away but um now that i think about it <laughs> i guess it did uh but it's nice to know that it's it's going to be coming back uh, we have a lot of fond memories of that logo on other things such as you know the weird pup tent we had that one oh uh, yes that we talked about in the previous yes. episode that was mm -hmm. the face of a shape of a space shuttle and uh yeah, it's kind of kind of an interesting kind of everybody's going retro these days, even NASA. So I know, I know. Pizza Hut went back to their old logo, and now NASA's going back to the old logo. Do you? Here's here's a fun fact. Since you didn't realize that this was called the Worm logo, mm -hmm. do you know what they call their round logo? Oh, the one that looks like the leg, the Lego Space logo. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. It's it's the meatball logo. The meatball. So I can choose between the worm or the meatball. That's correct. Wow. Well, folks, uh, Na NASA, we salute you. Uh, what's old is new again. Um, I mean, I guess ordinarily I would prefer to have a meatball than a worm, but in this case, I'm going to go for the worm, I think. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what else is going on? Well, uh, this is a kind of interesting story uh, on Variety.com from a couple days ago. Fraggle Rock reboot set at Apple. Apparently, really, Fraggle yeah, Rock. Yeah, Fraggle Rock. The Jim Henson Company is bringing back uh, Uncle Traveling Matt, um, Wembley, all the good friends, the Trash Heap. Uh, it's going to be on Apple TV Plus, and each episode will be three to five minutes long. Um, and there are wait, wait, three three to five minutes long. That's it. That's it. Right, and huh. they're going to be filmed using iPhones to achieve social distancing and whatnot so that's kind of oh good heavens wow so yeah i don't know what to think I'm, i mean i'm intrigued i think the first episode is going to be available for free so you don't need some sort of subscription or something i'm eager okay. to check it out to see um what it looks like did they bring back any of the old voice talent um is it all beautiful puppetry or is there any evil cgi in it um <laughs> definitely hope the they bring back the yeah the doozers definitely hope they bring back the trash heap Yes. Um, God, and, we've got some great Fraggle Rock memories in our family. And, and yeah, and I was talking to mom about this, and she says she actually still has her old Wembley doll. Nice. Which is a, you know, it's almost the, the third child in the family, in a sense. <laughs> in a lot of ways. A funny story about Wembley in particular. Um, I have a, a friend, we used to tutor in the same uh, company. And she came to me one day. This is probably at least 18 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, oh, my God. Like, a friend of mine is friends with the guy who does the voice of Wembley. And she what? she also loves Wembley. Yeah. And she got him to call my phone and leave me a voice message as Wembley. You're... Is there any way that I can download the message off my phone? Now, this is, this is flip phone era. This is yeah. not smartphone. Right, right. 
I, I want to be able to keep this because after a certain point, it's going to auto delete the message. No. Um, and I was like, sure, we can we can figure out a way to do this. And yeah, sure enough, figured out a way to basically record it as an MP3 so she could keep it. Oh, that's amazing. It's like yeah. degrees of Kevin Bacon, but for Wembley. That's yeah. right. That's Gee, right. Yeah. I know. That, that's, yeah, that's cool. I'll be curious oh. to see what it looks like because yeah. obviously I'm kind of protective of my Fraggle Rocks. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, but yeah, uh, so Apple TV, I salute you. Um, uh, this third bit of news, a little, it's a little sadder. Um, uh, unfortunately, I uh, have to report that at the grand old age of 92, Hector Garrido passed away, who is probably best known for being the artist who did the artwork on the packaging for G.I. Joe toys back in the 1980s. Wow. Um, and of course, we've talked so much about Joe in previous episodes. We did a whole episode on G.I. Joe. Um, yeah. Really iconic stuff, that card art with all the explosions and fire in the background, you know, very, very bold, very visually interesting. Um, and it's it, apparently he also did a lot of uh, religious painting, uh, according to the news article that we'll link to in the show notes. Mm-hmm. He actually created uh, religious collectible plates for the, something called the Bradford Exchange. And here's oh, I've heard that. His Our Lady of Lords plate sold over 1 million copies. I, I guess oh, that's kind of like maybe like the Franklin Mint or something. I don't know. I mean, it's similar to, yeah. Thing or something like similar that. Similar to. Um, so did it, did it actually come with like a little dossier card on the back of the plate oh, oh file card i'm like yeah, yeah file card. or something yeah i know yeah that would be amazing i'd be disappointed if it didn't <laughs> yeah but i mean you can really see his i mean his his uh those gi joe cards they the artwork is so stunning and it was very oh. much like a, almost like a religious icon you know very for for us definitely yeah for yeah definitely definitely uh, uh, but, yeah, so he's sad, but, you know, at the same time, you know, he had a long life. He touched many people's lives, even if they never knew who he was. And, uh, yeah, just something yeah. to bring up. No kidding. Wow. Well, our last bit of news is really kind of a trip, given our recent episode about Transformers. Um, it's been 34 years since the Transformers movie. Um, and we've obviously had other Transformers films since then, but we haven't had an animated one. Um and admittedly, I feel like nowadays, even with animated news, you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt because, well, so many things are on hold right now. Mm. Um, but Deadline reports that um, there is going to be a new animated prequel film set in the Transformers universe telling the Cybertron-based ba- backstory yeah. of series Nemesis, Optimus Prime, and Megatron. Wow. Yeah. Now this this will also be in a completely separate kind of continuity from like the Michael Bay mm-hmm. Transformer movies. Um, so don't expect it to be uh, related to any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are kind of fast tracking it right now because at least from what I understand, um, a lot more can get done on an animated film while still respecting social distancing rules. Oh, interesting. Um, I know that I know, for example, the um, uh, company called Big Finish that does all the um, like extended universe Doctor Who audio stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they are still able to um, have people record remotely. Okay. Um, so they're able to still produce quite a bit 
of stuff. So we'll have to see where this one goes. Yeah, I hope it comes out. Did, did, did it look like the prequel was going to be like a theatrical release or something for streaming? Or You know, it it doesn't say. Okay. Um, and kind of given the current world climate, you know, they may be making it for a theatrical re- release, but a theatrical release may be Just might here. Yeah. It's video on demand now. Okay. You know, yeah. you can you can rent it for a weekend for twenty bucks, totally. which still honestly is cheaper than going to the theater. Yeah, definitely. Wow, interesting. Well, I look forward to seeing how that turns out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll certainly share more news as we get it. Oh, well, this time, Seb, on if memory serves, we are talking about our school memories yeah the the good old days in the 80s and 90s when students actually went to a physical classroom and saw a physical teacher uh i know it's hard <laughs> to believe ladies and gentlemen but there was a time and place that that happened um i'm pretty excited i think this is going to be a fun episode uh, i hope uh i hope we have some fun memories and i hope some of our viewers can maybe relate to some of these stories that we're going to share tonight um and uh i don't know i think maybe we uh we could try to tackle some of this um chronologically i i did whip up a little list of questions that I'm hoping to a little Q and a that I can ask you just different things that yeah. uh, I may have known at one point or another about you and your school experiences, but yeah, I either forgot or just never knew in the first place. Well, um, so long as you're, you're okay with me throwing those questions right back at you. Yes, sir. I think so. Um, so where did you end up going to like elementary school? Elementary school for me for 90, 90% of elementary school, it was trace elementary Mm. in san jose okay um fifth grade they had um the district had implemented what they called desegregation right um which i totally understand but looking back at it it was a complete pain in the butt Mm. um because it meant oh hey you're not going to go to your neighborhood school that's a block and a half away we're going to bus you to the other side of town Mm-hmm. But we're also going to take some of the kids from the other side of town and bus them over to your school. And we're just going to mix things up. And just to kind of give give the listeners kind of like a, a mental image, I mean, our neighborhood where we grew up, probably within a maybe a four block radius of our home, was not only an elementary school, a, a public elementary school, and a middle school and a high school, but there was also the the school district headquarter offices, basically. Yes, at that um, time. Yeah. So we, we kind of lived in a, in a like a, a school rich neighborhood. Yeah, actually, you know what? No, you've got to take into account Hester Elementary. Hester, Hester is just on the street. We, too, we had we had two elementary schools. Two elementary schools in very one, close proximity. Right, one middle school, school, one. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. So so yeah, it was definitely kind of always in the mind that I guess we would just be going to those schools, attending those schools. You know? Yeah, exactly. But uh, deseg threw a big old wrench into all of that. So for my fifth grade year. I went all the way out to Empire Gardens, which was like 23rd Street and Taylor. Yeah, that's Taylor's like street, not, like, not more, like north and east, I guess. Yeah, pretty far uh, away. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, nowadays, as an adult, it doesn't seem that far. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'm bigger and I can drive. But right. as a kid, oh. as a kid, I mean, it, it you might as well have been saying, like, hey, we're sending to an entire another city. That's what it felt like. You know, it's so weird. It's like I had the same experience as you in the sense that I attended the same elementary school, Trace Elementary, from kindergarten to third grade. And then for fourth and fifth, I was bussed out also to Empire Gardens 
on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. But but it's really weird because I don't think I knew that me being bused out there was part of court ordered racial desegregation of the school district until I was in my thirties. Like, really? like it was something that was so, I was not conscious of, I was conscious of the fact that I had to get on a bus and go to this district or not district, but this school where like, I didn't know anybody and none of my friends were there, but I, I never knew really why that was, or if I questioned it, maybe I didn't get a, an answer that I understood as a little kid, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of interesting. Um, but I mean, did you have a lot of happier trace memories than Empire Gardens memories or? Um, I mean, I think on the whole, most of my elementary school memories were pretty good. Like, I, I don't remember having like, like a bad time uh-huh. at Empire Gardens. It just was, I'm in a different place now. Yeah. Right. You know, so everything that I had gotten really used to from kinder through fourth. Mm-hmm was different now but at the same time i was like well it's only for one year so i'm not too worried about it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um what about you because you obviously you had a longer stint yeah i mean i'll be honest um kindergarten i mean just going to school was really tough for me as a little kid because Mm -hmm. i was i was a super i was the kind of kid that if i was away from mom like i would freak out Mm-hmm. And I can remember having a big kind of freak out meltdown my first day of kindergarten. And it's funny because that actual exact day is a day that we captured in some of our old family home movies. Um, and if possible, uh, if we, I think I have a little quick little audio clip that maybe we can play for the ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast land. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Let me bring it up. up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, cause I've got it right here. This is our big third grader. This is Thursday, September 6th, 1984. Okay, so hold on. Taylor, do you want to show us yourself? You want to show us your Debbie, show us what the well-dressed kindergartner is wearing. No! Okay. Wow, 1984. <laughs> Looks like I was having a little bit of trouble putting my backpack on, but kudos to your Ghostbusters t-shirt. Man. I was just going to say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure 1984, that was the year that my first day of school, I wore my Ghostbusters t-shirt. That, yeah. You're getting in on the Ghostbusters uh, merchandise on the ground floor, basically. You know, Absolutely. first year of the movie. That's pretty, that was pretty sweet. That's pretty Absolutely. sweet. Absolutely, it's a great movie. Um, but you know what? I mean, Trace, uh, you know, it was, it was... You know, I was there for kindergarten, first, second, third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I one of the biggest reasons that I liked it so much better than Empire Gardens was there wasn't any PE. When I went to Empire Gardens, um, we had to, like, run the mile. And there was mm-hmm. this, like, big field in the back next yeah. to, like, I don't know, was that Coyote Creek or something like that? Um, yeah, I'm not sure the name of the creek, but there was a creek back there, yeah. Yeah, there was this huge field in the back that was kind of, like, at a lower elevation than the actual school grounds. Um, and it's weird because there was a little uh, play area, but then in the middle of the field there was some sort of broken 
like uh, lawn sprinkler that like created this weird like mud puddle sinkhole where a lot of my friends and I would like bring our like action figures and kind of mess around in the muck and play out there on recess. Nice. nice. Um, but but running the mile, you know, I I I was just I was never a very athletic kid, and I was always the kid that you know my my like top speed. I was like it would take me twenty five minutes to run the mile, you know, and right. running in in air quotes. It was more like just kind of trudging or walking, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I definitely had, um, I had some great teachers at Empire Gardens. I had, uh, there was a teacher I had named Mr. Quigley. Um, and I remember one time, uh, I would get bused to Empire Gardens, um, okay. but sometimes dad would drive me home mm-hmm. because that was kind of the time that he, well, I, I don't know if it was the time of work. I think it was right before he would start his work day cause he was working night shift. Yeah. So maybe it was like, he would take me home on his way to work kind of thing. Um, and I remember there was one day when, for some reason, like dad couldn't take me home or something like that. And Mr. Quigley drove me home in his car, which was really, really cool. yeah, he was a really stand up guy. I saw him once at like a grocery store years later and I, I didn't say hi to him, but I always wished I had, you know, Wow. um, but Empire Gardens, I mean, it was, it was an okay place. I, I definitely dug, they did, they did have a computer lab mm-hmm. and that, that was kind of the interesting thing about busing and the desegregation experience because there was, um, I mean, I don't know how much it was related to that experience, but the our school district, San Jose Unified School District, had something called GATE, G-A-T-E. Yeah. And it was some sort of effort to kind of like, the only way I can think about it is they would select out the kids that got really good grades and they would try to almost like segregate them and send them offsite to weird little classes where they could get like advanced learning or something. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you were involved with gate or I was, I was in gate for a short time. Yeah. Were you in gate? Yeah. To education. Like I don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. Um, I, I didn't have negative experiences with it. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know how effective it was, but I'm definitely left with the feeling that like maybe um, it was like the school district's way of saying, okay, we've got a class full of 30 kids you know, it looks like five of them are actually going to like make something of their lives. We got to like, you know, isolate these five in a cocoon or a bubble where like they're actually not going to get beaten up every other day so they can like, you know, become like the future leaders of our society or something well, like that, I, you know? And I, I don't know for sure because I don't really have a lot of gate memories. Okay. But, um, I, I think it was possibly something to cater to the fact that bright kids can get very bored in school. Right. Yeah, that was part uh, of- and either tune out or get disruptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. this was an attempt to kind of give a smaller, uh, smaller instructional group mm-hmm. setting for those kids, while the teachers back at campus kind of focused on everybody else who was, you know, more middle or lower of the road. Lower mm-hmm. of the road. Sure. Um. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I, I remember being in it. I don't remember feeling like I got much out of it, but again, I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, Empire Gardens, I, I, uh, I have really fond memories of the cafeteria food, some of the cafeteria food, especially the infamous, uh, rectangle pizza, which there are numerous websites devoted to, um, (laughs) uh, we, it was my first experience with public school uh, supplemental funding through things like magazine drives. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and uh, you know, magazine drives, I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, I really dug the fact that we would have 
you know, we'd all be able to have like a big thing in the auditorium and sit Indian style and not have class. And everybody would get this weird little brochure that would show the different quote unquote prizes you could get if you sold enough magazine subscriptions. Yeah. And it was always stuff like, you know, there was like this one end of the spectrum. It's like if you sold 20,000 magazine subscriptions, you could get a like a like a like a boom box or a BMX bike or something. Right. right? Yeah. And, and of course, you know, I'm only going to end up sending selling five subscriptions, you know, only to mom and dad. And, you know, I would only qualify for something like an eraser or something. <laughs> but I've like I've actually spent time searching eBay trying to figure out like you know, I want to find one of these old catalogs because there were so many things in there that I just drooled over as a little kid. And now it's, you know, stuff that I could just point and click and probably order some of those things to arrive at my, uh, in my apartment. But, um, there's always kind of like the forbidden fruit. It's like the stuff that, you know, you always wanted to get, but couldn't, I guess. Yeah. That would be really fascinating to see because I imagine that once those magazine drives were over, that was all just garbage. Yeah, totally. like, you know what? I'm going to hang on to this. Yeah. Hang on to this catalog of stuff I could have gotten. Right, right. Um, so, you know, the Empire Gardens Computer Lab totally dug things like Number Muncher and Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah, yep, Number um, Munchers. And it was actually, Empire Gardens was the first place that I ever um, worked in the school library as a student assistant, which kind of oh, okay. eventually kind of led to the, the career I have now. So that was kind of cool, I guess. You know, and that's funny because I know it was, it wasn't, um, at Empire Gardens, but it was at Trace. I remember, um, I remember being in the library at Trace, mm-hmm. um, and and the main building at Trace had this kind of central layout. Like there weren't like fully walled off classrooms at the time. Yes, yes. Um, I think the folks on HGTV would refer, refer that to an open concept, <laughs> which I hate that term, but okay. Um, <laughs> Um, but I still watch HGTV, What's Wrong With Me? Um, but the library was in the middle of this giant, what they call the pod, this mm. giant square building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being in the library and using the old like monochrome green, you know, Apple two C's or whatever they were mm-hmm. um, to learn a type of like crazy basic computer programming language Mm. and i like like the cursor or the icon i can't remember if it was like a little turtle or a triangle Mm. but i'd basically write in this little code and it would go bloop 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 and draw a triangle no way that's awesome Yes. yes um but did you know that mom would actually volunteer yeah that's right she was you remember that yeah it was, she was like i don't know if it was like a classroom assistant kind of situation but there was definitely some volunteering and in fact one of the strongest memories i have and i think i may have mentioned this on the show in a previous episode i have this really strong memory of mom volunteering with a, a particular teacher at trace can't remember the name okay and for some reason the teacher had in her room uh, an enormous and enormous to the eyes of a little kid. So probably only about five feet tall, um, like paper, not paper mache, but like almost like cardboard paper uh, model of the Eiffel tower. Okay. And, and for some reason she needed this thing like kept over summer break in a place where it wasn't going to get damaged. And somehow it was decided that the basement of our house was the place to do that. Wow. And I was like, as a little kid, I'm like, okay, mom, can I go down there and just like play the hell out of this thing? And it was like, <laughs> no, 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 this isn't a toy. This is something I'm storing, you know? 
Interesting. Um, I don't remember that. I know. I've, I've talked to mom about it and she doesn't remember it, or at least I nag her long enough that she'll say she starts to remember it, but I think it's, she's just trying to get me off her back. And <laughs> oh, it's such a strong memory. I um, remember, I remember mom helping to read like, I don't remember. I think there were like, I think you, I think if you did something good on campus, you would get a yellow ticket. Mm. Right. And then okay. at like the end of the month or something, like all the yellow tickets would go into a drawing and you'd win something. Wow. You know, I, um, and I can't remember what, like there was a bad one too. I almost want to say it was a purple ticket, but I, I I'm not going to hold myself to that. <laughs> but, you, well, you know, at least it's not gang colors, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll get I, to that. <laughs> you know, I definitely remember like teachers reading a book in class called Miss, Nel Miss Nelson is Missing. Oh, yeah. Amber has it in her classroom. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's where I got totally hung up on like being away from mom or something. I don't know. But <laughs> is, that, is that mom would go missing? Yeah, I guess. That's Who what knows? it was. One, one interesting thing about Empire Gardens, it was the only time in my life I ever played a musical instrument. Um, I, I played the trombone or I was taking trombone classes. Really? And so I had to lug this like 18 foot long trombone case onto the bus every morning, to, like drive me to school. I, wow. Do you, and of course I only played it for like two years, so I have no. But did you ever learn how to go? <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but it, it, it makes That's me wonder did, in, in all of your school career, did you ever take a musical instrument? Um, learn a musical instrument? No, but I did. I do remember in sixth grade, okay. which is, is shifting to um, middle school, and we're not completely there yet, obviously, but I, I remember music class and like learning the recorder, and like we had some keyboards and stuff in class. But was it, am I learning how to be proficient with it? No. Okay. So it wasn't like a, you didn't have anything where you had like an instrument you would take home and. Nope. Okay, I got you. I, I was you. not that ambitious. Did Did you have a well? Maybe I'll hold off on the Q and A for now, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. I was going to jump. Or filter it in as it seems normal. Well, did you have a favorite class or subject? Um, maybe that's hard to say because it might change uh, over time. Yeah, boy. I mean, focusing just on elementary school right now. Um, I don't. I don't know that I really had a favorite. I did always like to read. Yeah. I did always like to write. Uh huh. Um, so even even then, you know, language arts came naturally okay. to me. Although I will say that in kindergarten, for some reason, um, I really, really knew my colors well. Okay. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if listeners remember that there would like be these big old color lollipops. You know, it's just a big circle of a particular color on a mm. on a lollipop stick, and the teacher would be like, "Okay, class, what color is this?" Mm. And I and I I remember. I should say, I remember mom telling the story. I do not remember this necessarily firsthand anymore. Um, that she was holding up, the teacher was holding up uh, a purple one. Okay. And I totally had my hand up and the teacher calls on me and I'm like, um, that's most, that's, that's, that's more of magenta. <laughs> Smart ass. Smart I, Yeah. Because I apparently really knew my Crayola colors very oh, well. Oh, right, right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was one of my big like kindergarten memories. Hey, did did we ever tell our listeners about how I had an imaginary friend that lived inside a box of Crayola crayons? No, I don't believe we have ever told that story. Yeah, should I? Why not? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a really, really weird aside to our topic tonight. But 
if some of our listeners might remember, um, certain larger sets of the Crayola crayon boxes had a built-in uh, sharpener, for lack of a better word, built into the cardboard body of the box. And for some reason, especially when I'd see them at like grocery stores and stuff, I made up this whole thing where I had this imaginary friend that lived inside that hole. And it wasn't like he lived just inside of that hole of that one particular box. It was almost like any of those poles and any of the boxes of Crayola crayons anywhere in the world. So all the Crayola box sharpeners. Right. They were were all wormholes to this world where this character lived. And I had a name for him and his name was Smith Buff Bull. And now now remind me, is it Smith S-M-I-T-H or Smith? Oh, S-M-I-F-F. I'm sure it was S-M-I-T-H, but I'm sure I pronounced it S-M-I-F-F for sure. Okay, okay, because um, that's kind of how I remember it. I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, and I I don't know where, you know, you know, can somebody pass the riddle in? It's like, what's wrong with me? But speaking of crayons, I had to throw that out there. No, that's great. That's great. Long live Smith Buffball. Oh, my gosh. So, um, man. So- Elementary school, what a short of being separated from mom. Yeah. What was like one of the school things you dreaded most? Getting beaten up by bullies. Did that happen much? Well, not so much beating up, more just teasing. teasing. Okay. Um, yeah. Well. I, I, I was a chubby kid and I would always have really, you know, um, chunky um, slacks that we would buy at Mervyn's. Mm-hmm. And they they would always have like really wide, they'd be really wide at the at the at the ankle, and so a lot of people would always say, "Oh, Seb, you're wearing bell bottoms." So like bell like in 1986, bell bottoms were like, you know, if somebody said you were wearing bell bottoms, that was like social death, basically. Yeah, that really didn't kind of come back to like 97, 98. So. Yeah, right. You were so just time. Yeah, that was just, I mean, anybody mentions the word bell bottoms and I kind of have a psychological incident, you know what I mean? No, I, I, I get it. I get it. I was a chunky kid too. I was always in between sizes. Yeah. Um, my, my big, my big thing that I was always terrified of, especially at Trace. Yeah. Was the, um, the fire drill alarm. Oh, terrifying. Do you, this, I don't know. I've never heard of another school that had a an alarm that sounded kind of like an electronic dying cow yes what was that yeah. can you do it oh know. god i'd probably do a terrible job of it now yeah. but it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and yeah. it was it would be so sudden and yeah. so loud oh it's that the worst it would strike just the deepest oh my god deepest terror yeah. in me terrible right i would dread like i remember being for whatever reason they put me in speech class in fourth grade for a little while because my r's hadn't quite formed i was still a little bit of an elmer fudd going on right without the cool hat of course um and i remember seeing like the school's internal like monthly calendar okay on the wall and it was like oh oh my god there's a fire drill schedule. Oh, today. knew it was coming. And it, I, even though I knew it was coming, I was still tense. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, time's coming up. Oh, so it was 145 oh, or whatever God. it was supposed hey. to be at. Um, God, I just hated him so much. Oh, the worst. So much. Yeah. And I don't remember, I don't remember Empire Gardens using the same sound. <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe they did, but since I was only there for a year, I don't really, you know, recollect it. But okay. God, that. 
yeah, that's just a miserable, miserable memory for me. I really did dislike getting like little splinters in my knee from tan bark. Oh. I'll, be, I'll be honest. I have, I, I still have no idea what the heck tan bark even is. Is it like an industrial byproduct from a factory? Is it a natural occurring substance? I mean, I really don't know, but. Um, Lovely. Oh, geez. Tan bark. Um, I mean, I can, I can feel it now, you know, it's like, I haven't seen, I haven't touched tan bark in over 30 years and I can feel it. In my, well, in my I've definitely life. touched tan bark more recently than that, but that's because I've got kids. Um, right. I, boy, you know what? And you mentioning tan bark has brought up a story that I had completely, almost completely forgotten about, but I had forgotten to put on the note. Oh, what happened? So I think it was, I think it was kindergarten year. It might have been first grade. Mm. Um, playing on the playground before school started. Okay. And the playground in question had a big merry-go-round. Okay. But it was that kind of thing. And it was all made of like, you know, tubular steel. Yeah. And it had these little, it was round, obviously, but it had these little squares you could stand in, Mm. you know, hold on to while you run. And then you would kind of like hop up and ride side saddle on one of the pipes Mm. for a while. Well, run along, I lose my balance basically i trip and i get my butt dragged through the tan bark oh just horrible splinters galore in my butt cheeks it's the worst um and i literally the school called mom to come get me take me home and i remember basically laying there getting (sighs) splinters pulled out that's that's just that's horrible was this that trace yeah this is trace so so yeah kindergarten first grade was a trace so uh, yeah oh my god they had a they had a, like a little jungle gym right there as well and i remember mm-hmm. one time i was like three ring three rungs up and i i did a header and i fell right off that and i hit every metal bar on the way down oh jeez like, it was I, I don't know if i was concussed or what but it was it was it was serious you know i i never i never really got into um tetherball but mm-hmm. force the there's a ball game called foursquare yeah and i was like I loved Foursquare. I loved all the intricate, like I loved it when you had bubbles. There was something called bubbles. But for a tetherball, there's this noise of a tetherball blowing in the wind and the chain hitting the metal thing. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a um, flagpole at the post office across the street from my apartment, and sometimes I'd hear the same sound. And yeah. in my mind, what I think in my mind is the tetherball. You know what I mean? I I know that sound you're talking about. Totally. Totally. I totally know that sound you're talking about. Oh my gosh! So now, okay, so it, we're getting—you know—you're you're graduating from Empire Gardens. Mm-hmm. You're going into middle school. Yeah. Um, there's there's still some busing going on, and in fact, um, if you if it's all right, uh, maybe we could play our second um, audio clip of the evening for oh, yeah. uh, for the audience. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's take a listen. That issue is how the San Jose Unified School District will realign itself to become more racially balanced. Two plans have been submitted. One is from the district itself. The district would set up magnet school programs designed to lure students away from neighborhood schools with high-powered classes. The district would allow parents to choose their children's school, but only if it adds to the ethnic balance. To make it work, students would have to be bused. The district's plan also reverses an earlier decision to close 122-year-old San Jose High School. Dissatisfied with that plan, plaintiffs came up with one of their own. The plaintiff's plan divides the district into three attendance zones. It allows parents to pick schools within the zones 
as long as it complies with ethnic quotas. If it doesn't, students would have to be sent where it does. Like the district's plan, it too would require busing. But parents don't want busing. In a news conference today, parents told reporters they've been shut out of the negotiations. With 1,000 signatures, they called for new talks, with new unity among parents, plaintiffs, and the district. In order for a plan to have the support of the parents, it needs to have parental input. The parents have to feel they have a vested interest in the plan that's been developed in order to support it. Everyone wants what's best for their children. Just what that is will be decided by a judge tomorrow. These students hadn't even been born when the first desegregation lawsuit was filed 14 years ago. But by the time of their high school graduation, it's hoped their schools will be as racially mixed and as educationally sound as any in this city. In San Jose, Len Ramirez, KSBW Action News. Wow, KSBW, the Santa Cruz station. <laughs> you know, it's crazy that that is even on our home movies, but it makes sense because I remember I was probably in third grade and they filmed that news segment at Trace and it was um, recess. And I had a ridiculous hat as a child that had one of those um, uh, helicopter propellers on the top of it. Really? And I was like, oh, I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame. And so I, I put on this ridiculous hat and walked around at recess in front of the cameras. And I knew that I would get this to be part of the B-roll. And so that night I was like, mom, you got to record the news. I'm going to be on the news. And, and sure enough, there's a little Seb bopping around in the back of this news article, news story about, you know, racial desegregation or whatever. That's fantastic. But, um, but yeah, you ended up going to another, um, you ended up being bused to a middle school, right? I did. Yeah. I, I ended up at um, Peter Burnett Middle School, which is between 2nd and 4th Street mm. in, in downtown San Jose. I mean, literally like spitting distance from like the Santa Clara County courts and the jail and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now you didn't. That is so weird because it's true. I, I ended up going to middle school at Hoover, which was the, I guess, quote unquote, neighborhood middle school. It's right by our house. It's right next to Trace Elementary. And I mm-hmm. don't understand why I I got the, the, the benefit. I call it a benefit. The benefit of going to the neighborhood school was you get bust. You know what I mean? Like, how did that work? You know? I, I don't know. I don't know if maybe by that point, just that extra couple of years. Mm was enough to kind of quash the whole deseg thing. Okay. And so it was that kind of thing. Or I don't know if mom and dad raised enough of a stink and been like, no, we want our kid to go to the neighborhood school. Right, right. Because, you know, that was something that at least on some level, I believe you could fight for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So you ended up attending middle school um, at Peter Burnett Junior High School um, via busing. Uh, I ended up going to Hubert Hoover uh, Junior High, which mm-hmm. Just literally down the street, I walked to school. Um, but I, I always had the feeling that you really didn't have a very positive junior high experience. No, I didn't. I, If I had to pick part of my educational life that I absolutely hate and would never want to return to, it was most definitely junior high. Uh, yeah. This was downtown San Jose in the late 80s, uh-huh. basically, because I think this was 88 late 87 yeah. late 87 to mid 90 um it, it wasn't it wasn't quite friendly for a chubby white kid um you know there was definitely uh gang activity 
you know, Crips and Bloods. Um, there was bullying. Um, frankly, I know, and I know, I don't remember which grade it was. Mm-hmm. It seventh, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. It might have been sixth. Where my my first period was PE. Ooh, um, which, eh, not not a big deal, generally speaking, because I'm I'm a morning person. I'd almost rather get that out of the way first. Okay. Um, but I just remember feeling such anxiety mm-hmm. over going to school and being in that situation, being, you know, in a place that I didn't really like mm-hmm. and I felt didn't really like me, that I would literally get so stressed out. I would make myself throw up. Oh my God. Oh, in the morning. Um, now that's not to say that I didn't have some great friends and I didn't make some great memories during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things from that period that I can look back on and say, that was a lot of fun or these were some really cool people that I hung out with, but there was undoubtedly a large portion of that where I was like, I am not at all happy. Yeah. I hear that. Um, Yeah. You know, I I have kind of similar experiences. Uh, Hoover for me, I don't think it had any less bullying. The only difference was it just had, I had greater friends there, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Hoover, you know, I get the feeling that Hoover, now looking back on it, we must have been in the territory of the Nuestra Familia street gang because one of the strongest memories I have of a kid was seeing scrawled everywhere on everything the letters XIV, Roman numerals for 14, which I mm-hmm. think is one of their uh, monikers, basically. That and was I, the uh, the Bloods. Yeah, and I, yeah, red, they had the red bandanas. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely didn't know what any of that meant probably until my 20s or 30s. But I have really strong memories of seeing that everywhere. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And X3. Yeah. But Krebs. that's the, yeah, the Mexican mafia. Mm-hmm. But, you, know, you know, one of the crazy things about Hoover, it's kind of weird because it's just to kind of paint a mental picture for our listeners. Um, the middle school itself um it's one campus, but it's basically separated into two parts. One part is a relatively, well, for the time period, modern set of structures from the 70s and 80s. But right next to it was the actual um, original junior high school, which was uh, from the 1930s. It's, it's a beautiful Spanish colonial revival style structure. It's 46 rooms, 55,000 square feet. And for most of my childhood, it was closed because it was seismically unsound. Um, almost got torn down. And it's really striking because on the little street that goes by our house, Park Avenue, where this school is, on the exact opposite side flanking this enormous, beautiful old structure is the um, Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're seeing little houses, little shops, and then out of everywhere, out of nowhere, on the left-hand side is this enormous Spanish colonial revival mansion or palace and on the other side is a two-story tall, 24,000-square-foot uh, Egyptian museum built in the style of the ancient temple of Amun at Karnak um, that opened in 1966. And so it's like this amazingly bizarre, out-of-nowhere, like right-in-your-face architectural slam jamma And <laughs> as, as a really quick aside, like if anybody asks what part of San Jose I'm from, I always say the Rose Garden neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That- neighborhood is called there's a big municipal rose garden from the 20s nearby um 
And in the 30s is when the Rosicrucians started building their fantasy Egyptian compound in the neighborhood. And it's so weird, like, like, I just wonder if the timelines were just slightly different if, you know, instead of the Rose Garden neighborhood, we would have called our neighborhood like Little Egypt or something. You know, what I mean? <laughs> the Rosicrucian neighborhood. Right. Or like maybe yeah. like Hoover Middle School, like our, our mascot wouldn't have been the Hawks, but we would have been something really awesome, like the mummies or something, you know? <laughs> it's so weird to me that that wasn't more of a bigger thing in the neighborhood, I guess. You know? Well, or you could have been, you know, still been the Hawks, but it would have been some sort of hawk headed. Oh, Egyptian yeah. god yeah like yeah like whoever that dude is yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah the, the hoover chorus says did you have something. any like favorite teachers or classes at middle school oh gosh um i i seem to really recall my uh my sixth grade english teacher mrs serna yeah um she taught there for a very long time Okay. I think I think most of her um, career, honestly, um, I remember the. I can't remember if it was science or computer. Maybe he did both, actually, Mister mm. Weir. Um, and I remember one time, like the the printer of like the Apple, you know, two GS or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. uh needed changing and i was like oh we've got one of these at home and i grab like the basically the top of the printer to pull it off so you because there's all dot matrix paper at the time mm-hmm. and i'm not paying attention to the fact that he's behind me and i basically nail him in the corner of the eye oh no with the corner of yeah dude i felt so bad <laughs> um and you know what i i realized why i remember mrs cerna's class so well is because in sixth grade was the first time I actually ever stapled my thumb. Oh no! I, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was right up at the top um, oh, of the the tip of my thumb, and I had recently trimmed my nail, so it actually came all the way through. Oh! And it was just it was once. I mean, it was one. You know, the U shape of the of the um, staple. It was just one, so it was sitting there. And I, I mean, I. I was like, ah, 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 and I went up and I, I wasn't even forming words. And she's like, what? You stapled your thumb. You're fine oh, here. Gosh. Why don't you just pull it out? I'm like, ah, ah, ah. She's like, fine, I'll do it. And she yanked it up. Oh, but it's the first time I'd ever done anything like that to myself. And yeah, I was, I was a little freaked out. Oh, um, um, I, God, I had a, by the time, say, eighth grade rolled around, right. you know, 89, 90. Um, everything was, man, I feel, I feel like the girls that I knew that I went to trace with Uh who were now at Burnett Mm -hmm. with me, like it was all Valley girl Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like there was, there was that look new kids on the block was really big. I remember, um, and I think I'm actually still friends with this girl on Facebook, but she remember doing oral book reports. Yeah. Okay. I remember honestly being so bored in class because I really had no interest because I swear to God, she, I, I think she had read a book about new kids on the block <laughs> um, and was doing an oral book report about that. And I was like, dude, I don't give a crap about this. Um but I sat there and I counted how many times she said like, Oh no. <laughs> in this oral book report. And it wasn't a very 
long. It's not like you needed to talk for like 20 minutes or something. Right. It was, it was probably like, it probably wasn't even five minutes. Yeah. Um, and it had to have been like a dozen times. Yeah. You got the, you got a little hash mark thing going basically. It, yeah. More or less. That's hilarious. More or less. Oh my God. Um, what about you? Any particular well, middle school teachers you remember? Um, you know, it, it, so the most memorable middle school teachers at Hoover were all the science teachers. Mm-hmm. The guy I had named Mr. Mandel, he was amazing because every day he would be like, like some classes had a class clown. He was the class clown. He would make up funny songs and jokes and everybody in class he would assign like a goofy nickname to. And oh then, boy. And then not only that, but like he would create some sort of um, like ideogram or hieroglyphic representing that person's nickname. So if you got in trouble, like that's what he would write on the board instead of your own name so that wow. you're going to get penalized. There was one teacher. I never had him. He was a science teacher. All my friends at Hoover had him. His name was Mr. Hodges. Oh, I know that name. He had like a, 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 a homemade electric chair in his class where like kids could get like a little zap. You oh, know? good God. Um, he also uh, was in charge of the hiking club. And he had this like, I don't know what kind of vehicle it was. It was like a big Suburban or something. It was tan in color. Mm-hmm. And in the back windows, he'd have all these taped up photographs of like the hiking club trips. And even he only retired just like literally a couple of years ago. And up until just a few years ago, I would still occasionally see that vehicle around the neighborhood, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, really, really, really cool guy. I read online that he actually, at the time that I was at Hoover, there was an old closet that was going to have be cleared out and all the stuff in there thrown away. And he saw the maintenance guy, literally walking the stuff out to the dumpster and it turned out to be all these old like history scrapbooks about the history of the school and the teachers going back to the 30s and he like oh, it all and like collected all the history of the place i really liked the art classes there was a really big ceramics class and it's kind of funky because i can only assume once the school got its ceramics kiln or oven like they made all these weird tiles that they would apply to the exterior of most of the class buildings. And they would make these like weird funky mosaics and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the weirdest one was this huge outdoor mosaic on the side of one of the classes that was basically like a tribute to Michael Jackson's album Thriller. Yeah. And it included this weird three-dimensional like representation of michael jackson's head that must have been like three or four feet tall and it's this really disturbing piece of artwork that i think no longer exists i think it's been taken down but the funny thing was when i was at hoover at the time somebody had already like chipped off the end of his like the tip of his nose you know kind mm-hmm. of like one of those ancient roman statues but it was kind of neat too because it kind of like was like at the time that he was getting a lot of his heavy duty plastic surgery so it kind of like kind of mirrored up with like art imitating life kind of thing yeah i remember that mosaic really well just times we'd you know we'd go on bike rides and we'd you know ride through hoover to get somewhere totally and by the way you know a big shout out to the school district headquarters that was right next to hoover which now is just tract housing but the parking lot at that little district headquarters was basically ground zero for a lot of our like bike riding time or like getting out the old go-kart and like yeah around and all that kind of stuff um there was even I, i started to learn to drive there yeah totally and it was like this huge thing and now it's like there's no 
like plaque to it or anything. It was kind of funky because it was right next to this weird like lot that was used by this weird like Future Farmers of America program at, that, at Abraham Lincoln High School right next to our house where it was like there was a tractor and like kids were going to learn how to like farm and stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's so weird to think that in the 80s there was like a farming program in the middle of San Jose. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's honestly, it's an old farm town. It, it is. It is an old farm town. Um, I definitely hated uh, Pee with a passion. Mm -hmm. Not only, you know, we've learned that, you know, at, at Empire Gardens, I hated running the mile. You know, Hoover upped it a notch and they uh, combined running the mile with fundraising and they had something called the Jogathon. Oh, yeah. Basically, like you would get sponsored from friends or relatives. You get like a dollar for every time you you ran around a lap around the, the school grounds or something like that. And of course, it would always be at the hottest time of the year. And there would be like hundreds of students like trudging through the dust, like it was some sort of like forced attrition march or something. Yep. Um, and then ultimately, at the end of the day, the most amazing thing about my middle school experience, and I think I mentioned this on a previous um, episode, at the end of each year, if you were good enough as, as a student, you could participate in something called Boat Wars. Basically, students were invited to make homemade boats out of cardboard and junk. And we would go to the um, swimming pool uh, in that, right outside the gymnasium. And people would get their little boats in the pool. And you were supposed to try to sink everybody else, basically. Okay. Um, it was amazing. I participated one year. And, of course, my homemade cardboard boat. I put it in the pool, instantly stepped onto the cardboard floor of the boat and went right through it into the <laughs> pool and sunk myself. Oh, jeez. Um, and it drives me crazy. I can't tell you how much time I've spent online trying to learn more about boat wars, but I would only get Google results relating to Nazi submarine things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was really cool. There was... There was one year in art class when, for some reason, there was this, like, I don't even want to call him, call him like, an adjunct teacher. He was just, like, somebody that managed to get this job. And he, was, he wasn't he was a teacher. He was a cartoonist. And we basically had, a car, like, for one year, it was, like, a cartoon class. Nice. And it was so cool. And it was really funny because the only thing I can really remember about him, I tried to look his name up, um, but I he it was really weird because he would talk about, like, you know, cartoons he had had published. And a lot of them were like published in like Playboy magazine. Oh, good God. And so all of us would like giggle in class and try to like ask him to like tell us more about that. Mm -hmm. One of the crazy things, like I'm such an idiot. It's like I throw away all of my sacred childhood Star Wars toys. But of all the things, the few things I did keep over the years from my childhood are all like my, my middle school and high school yearbooks that document all the people that were my bullies, you know, which mm -hmm. is kind of counterintuitive. But my um, my 1993 Hoover Middle School yearbook I was going through, um, this was, I guess, when I think about it, this would have been eighth grade. And there's all these signatures from people that were like um, friends of mine. And I just really want to really quick just mention like a couple of them. There's one here and it's somebody named Ellen. I have no idea who Ellen was. And it says, a lot of your jokes were funny, even though people said they weren't. And then there's this... Um, uh, here's somebody called Mike. I'll try to see you during the summer. I never got to see your weird thing collection. So I'll make an effort to come over this summer. And then there's another one where it was like, somebody saying, you know, have a great summer. I really want to come and see um, your weird shelf. And the only thing I can think of, yeah, here it goes. You, Seb, you must be, invite me over to see your quote, weird shelf, unquote. 
sometime soon, okay? And it's like, it's crazy because it's like, the only thing I can think of is like, I must have had, I think I had when I was a kid, like something in my bedroom, like it was like a cabinet of curiosities. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think there's one old photo of it too that you helped me like do like photo enhancement on or something like that. A couple of yeah. Um, and it just, it brought back so many memories. It just blew me away. I hadn't looked in those yearbooks in years, you know? Wow. Yeah, I don't even have my junior high school yearbooks anymore. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So hey, but I do. Yeah. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was, uh, a couple quick questions for you. Um, what did you? What were some of your lunch experiences? Did you do bag lunch? Did you do? Always did, did bag lunch. Always did bag lunch. Okay. And it was always a peanut butter sandwich. Peanut butter sandwich, you say? Okay. Mm -hmm. No jelly. No jelly. No jelly. Um, although obviously if there was leftover pizza leftover pizza but there wasn't often much of that um did you belong and to i was happy with that you were happy yeah you were happy with that did you belong to any school clubs uh not until high school not until high school okay well that's kind of a good segue did we end up going to uh you think we're you know we're so far at this point we're public school kids you know we'd probably yeah and i had more to talk about with Bernat. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry um but um uh middle school dances i don't know if you ever went to any at at hoover <laughs> uh vixers yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I yeah, I must have. Um, what what did you? Yeah. What were they like? Um, honestly, honestly, looking back, really lame because <laughs> for most of the time, okay. the boys would kind of hang out, the girls would kind of hang out, okay. and like maybe there'd be some some dancing with each other. Um, there'd always be ones that I'd want to ask to dance, and maybe I would. Mm -hmm. and didn't always have a great track record with that, which is by the time I got to sophomore year, I gave up going to dances. Because um, it just got depressing at that point. Yeah. Um, but I do remember junior high school where kind of like the Mac classic, well, it wasn't the Mac classic, it was just the Macintosh then, yeah. um, really was kind of getting pushed into schools a lot. And, and me and my two best friends, we would... Um, we became so proficient at using them that when when we'd go to computer class, like the teacher would be like, all right, you three, you guys go ahead and go get started. The rest of you guys, here's what we're doing today. Mm. Um, because we just we knew what we knew what we were doing. We were we were that adept at that's it. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I was gonna add. Okay. Um, I mean, did you um so you're taking you're taking the bus to get to Peter Burnett. And we end up uh, going to high school, but when we went to high school, we ended up going back into the old neighborhood, um, and we ended up going to uh, Bellarmine College Prep. So a big switch up from all of a sudden we're going public, you know, co-ed education classes. We're going to a private, religious, boys-only high school, basically. That's just maybe seven, eight blocks away, I guess. Yeah, wasn't very far at uh, all. Wasn't very far. Um, um, like maybe a mile at most. Right. Um, but yeah, Grandma and Grandpa Nelson, they were, at least to me, they were like, hey, um, why don't you try getting in? Mm -hmm. um, and if you do, we'll pay for it. That's awesome. Um, and at that point, you know, 1990, a year's tuition there was only like four or $5,000 a year. Okay. It has increased quite a bit since then, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, eh, Okay. I'll give it a shot. You know, I didn't really like any of my high school options. It was either going to be like, um, I think Willow Glen high or Lincoln. 
um, Lincoln being the one in our in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got in and I said, okay, I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Why not? And uh, and I, I think that you were pretty pretty happy with that choice. I was, yeah. I mean, even though it was an all boys school, um, and even though there was some religious ed- education as part of it, um, and and other sort of oddball rules like you had to stay clean shaven. Mm, that's all um, great. And you, well, I wasn't one who was into piercings anyway, but you, you know, you couldn't have piercings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I had a fine time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even, even though I'm not religious, I did fine in the religious education classes and, you know, tolerant if nothing else, um, made some good friends, had, you know, first girlfriend and stuff in that, in that same era. So it's not as though, going to an all boys school precluded me from, you know, meeting girls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And I, uh, I followed just a couple years later. I, I think I was a freshman at Bellarmine when you were a senior. Yeah. And I think it was the only time that, I mean, I think there was a time when we were both at Trace at the same time, but I really mm-hmm. don't remember it, but I do have uh, some memories of you at the same school at the same time, which is kind of fun. Um, now I rode a, I rode my bike every day to Bellarmine. Did you, how did you get to Bellarmine? Did you walk? Did you ride a bike? Um, I mostly rode my bike. Um, I don't can't remember. I think there might have been a couple of times I walked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know at least one of those times was because the literally the front fork of my bike folded in on itself. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Did you did you get hurt? No. Oh, okay. No, thankfully. Um, it, it literally just folded and then it just started like the, the top of the fork just started riding on the tire. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And I was like, Oh, um, this just broke. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I guess I'm walking my bike home. Um, and then the evening of sorry, no, the evening before senior prom, Mm. so literally the evening before I got my license. Oh, nice. Then that was, yeah. (laughs) Senior year. Right. Got my license. Now, we, I, I have really strong memories of a part of the Bellarmine campus called Old Town. Yeah. Um, was the oldest part of the campus, or at least the buildings were the oldest. I think even some of the buildings dated back to a time when that land um, was actually part of the old University of the Pacific or College of the Pacific. Yeah, I don't remember which, but that does sound familiar. That's where basically all the lockers were. Mm-hmm. One of the things I remember really strongly from school was not only locker decorations, but also like a lot of textbooks that we would, you would more, more for the public school part of it, um, get issued textbooks that you would have to wrap in like, um, the paper, the brown paper from shopping bags. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, did you have any memory of how you decorated your locker or old books or anything like that? Oh boy. I don't, I don't really remember any sort of locker decorations. I mean, I'm sure I had some, yeah, um, but I don't remember them very well. I do. I'm a, I, I was and still am a constant doodler. Mm-hmm. I doodle a lot, um, and so um, I would, yeah, I would draw all sorts of stuff. I would draw my notebooks and my notepaper um, on the shopping bag paper stuff. Or if you were lucky enough to go to round table pizza at the beginning of the school year and get, Oh, do you not remember these? What was it? Okay. You could go to round table pizza at the beginning of the school year and you could pick up a handful of basically they would print their own like book covers 
but it had a bunch of like artwork from Roundtable, like their little characters and you know all medieval oh. looking but having pizza and stuff and you could color it in obviously oh that's awesome oh, oh yeah those, those were fantastic i'll have to look on online for that stuff yeah oh, wow. yeah okay um did you i mean obviously we're you know now we're talking about high school so it's not so much like you know getting a gold star but we're like in the world of GPAs and things like that. What what kind of a student were you? What kind of grades did you end up getting? I, God, I don't remember my high school GPA. It wasn't bad. But I mean, did you? It, it, you it was in the threes. A's? Okay. All right. Um, I think the only class that I did poorly in was Latin. Wow. Yeah. Four languages. Reason. I took Latin. Okay. Uh, Father Flynn. Okay. Uh, and... Um, I, I mean, I honestly, I still to this day, day maintain that mom and dad said, oh, Latin's easy. <laughs> mom and dad maintain that they were like, no, we never said it was easy. We just said that it would help you with other languages. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and in hindsight, yes, I totally wish I had taken Spanish or something. Yeah. I think it was Latin. Like- Latin was miserable. I did not make it past Latin too. I satisfied <laughs> the the two-year requirement and that was it i was gone i was like forget this i i think it was like i think there was latin spanish and french yep i took spanish i took one like maybe one year spanish at middle school and four years in high school but it was weird because and i think i've told this story before on the show my best friend was the president of the high school french club and i'd have i'd had lunch with him all the time but he nobody else would show up to the meetings so i got appointed vice president so i never took a day of french but i was the vice president of the french club wow uh, by default basically um yeah i loved i loved spanish class just because it was like you know you'd come in after lunch or whatever and your assignment was to like turn to your neighbor and like just talk about stuff, but it had to be in like the foreign language, basically. And it was nice. like, this is awesome. I was just going to spend, you know, this class talking to my my my, my friend anyway. You know, this nice. is two birds with one stone. Yeah. Um, did you belong to any 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 clubs at in high school? I, I did. Yeah, I remember my freshman year, I joined the Student Environmental Action Society. Wow, what's that? Um, I kind of figured self-explanatory. Okay. Um, basically, you know, the the environmental club. But it I mean, was only called that because it spelled C's. But I mean, like, did you, like, go and, like, like clean up, like, fields? And, or no. Like, no, okay. there's lots of there's lots of talk, not a lot to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Unfortunately. All right. Um, I, I, I think maybe we were at one point trying to, re, you know, promote recycling on campus at a time where, you know, not everybody was recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, you know, I, I remember we had stuff like, I don't remember if it was business cards or letterheads or something like that, or we could kind of help promote this. Or it, I think it was letterhead because we could do like letter writing to try and, um, you know, promote environmental action at, at a more political level. Right. Well, it turned out that the, um, the, the teacher who was heading it up basically like snagged the logo from some other like actual group. And they were like, Hey, you can't use our logo. <laughs> and so we basically had to take like, just like a little like blue dot, like a sales sticker and just put it over that logo <laughs> on everything. And that was just her logo from then on. I'm like, seriously, it's awesome. like you didn't even do that much homework. Good God. Well, you, you you did more to help the environment than I can say I ever did. So I, I can't really, I can't really laugh that much. Um, well, it, it, we, you know, we tried. It was a nice idea. But in senior year, my friends and I, we, we actually, we started um, the, I can't even call it the literary club because we called it the literary society. 
we would we would we we got together and we would um write crappy poetry because oh. all high school poetry is crappy poetry and we would we'd literally put out a a monthly um uh xeroxed obviously literary magazine so we we would encourage people to po uh, submit uh short pieces or poems or whatever and we actually we even had a couple of like live performances that, that was the highlander right Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly right because um yeah, my group of friends were were a lot of a lot of theater types. Right, right. A lot of theater types and a lot of a lot of people listening to classic rock and probably reading way too much into it, but Yeah. Um yeah. It, it it was fun. I mean, I look back on it now and I was like that's some really really bad poetry cuz like I had just gone through like my first breakup and all that kind of stuff. So it was just it was drivel. It was dribble, <laughs> but great dribble. But great dribble. Did you have any favorite teachers or teachers um, that really memorable that you would stick out in your mind? Or? Oh yeah, I mean, in in high school, I definitely did. I mean, there was um, the English teacher, Mister Alessandri. Mm -hmm. um, just he was just big, gregarious guy, totally afraid of eyeballs. Yeah. Um, and head of the theater department, taught a science fiction class, which was ultra rad. The only thing I never had him as a teacher, but the only things I remember about him was like I think he really hated the phrase sci-fi. Like he'd always insisted yes. science fiction. Yes. And I seem to remember he did this whole thing where um, he would teach the um, the science fiction novel Dune, but in yep. the form of a courtroom trial. Correct. Or something. Yeah. Correct. And in fact, he. I, I didn't get into Dune at all. Like I don't like that book, and yeah. he wanted me to be the main character, and I was like, look. Wow. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, I like, really don't you, think that's a good idea. Were you? Did you do it? I, I didn't. I, I was part of the trial, okay. but I, I switched out my role. Uh, I was like, look, I'm not getting this book enough. I'm going to do a terrible job of this. That's amazing. I never knew that. I always thought the only role that you ever played in a school performance was the Oompa Loompa in like elementary school. The head foreman of the Oompa Loompa Union, I'll have you know. Right. I was right. Oompa Loompa number one. No, I, I did theater all throughout elementary school and I did in sixth grade. And then I think I got self-conscious and I quit. Oh man. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that whole Dune trial thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's for real. In fact, probably this might be the best story of the evening for me. Oh yeah. I introduced Mr. Alessandro to the X-Files. I would like to literally oh, wow. loan him our tapes. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and even years later, when I came back onto campus for some reason, and I stopped by to see him, he recounted that story. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, which I thought was really awesome. That's great. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember a few others. Uh, there was a guy named uh, Mr. Benson. Oh, I took I'd been, counterculture yeah. literature Benson with him. He was, he, was, he was cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember ninth grade typing class of all things <laughs> was, yeah, I know, was uh, run by a priest named Father Drendel. And he was old. Like mm -hmm. he was old. Mm -hmm. um, and every time that we, the kids, were kind of acting up and making a bunch of noise and whatever, um, and, he, and he'd try to, you know, wrangle in the class, uh -huh. we, we'd just be a bunch of damn donkeys. <laughs> damn. Are you donkeys? Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, obviously he doesn't know how to swear or something. Or that's really yeah, yeah, damn donkeys. <laughs> like, oh my god, you're kidding me, really? Okay. Awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
It was great. Now, most 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 high schools probably um, they had detentions or demerits. We had something called justice under God. Or yeah, jugs. jugs. Yeah. Did you ever get a jug? I got one. You got one jug. Okay. I got one, and it wasn't even my fault. What? What happened? I got a four-hour maximum, right? Okay. You could get them in in hour increments, one hour, two hour, three hour, four hour jugs. I got a four hour jug because mom forgot to call me in sick one day. Wow. Are you serious? Dead serious. That's, she should have had it. I write. Oh man. That's, yeah. That's the only, only time I ever got detention in my entire scholastic career. One of the things I loved the most about Parliament is there was no mandatory PE class. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. I kind of um, liked that too. I, I think they may have instituted mandatory just as I was graduating. Yeah. It's kind of counterintuitive because Bellarmine, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, Bellarmine had a lot of money or at least a lot more money than the public schools we were used to. And they were kind of an athletics powerhouse. So it's kind of almost counterintuitive that there'd be no PE or mandatory PE, but at the same time they're having, you know, student teams that are winning all these state championships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent more of my time in a building called the Student Activity Center, or SAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my friends played a, uh, a a card game. I never played it, but they all played a card game called Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah. You were part of that and I'll generation. Tell, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I flipped out a couple weeks ago because I was watching the Antique Show on PBS, and somebody brought in a, a set of that card game, and it was like, like two hundred thousand dollars or something bad. Holy like, moly! It was ridiculous. It was so bad. Um, I, I I I will say that um, I was going through my old high school yearbooks tonight for the first time in probably twenty years. Um, in, in the back of the Bellarmine yearbooks, there are name indexes. You can look your up your own name and it'll mm-hmm. show what page or pages you your name appears on. Um, the running joke for me was always that you know I was so basically i had a lot of friends but i didn't really do a lot so i you look up my name and you're only going to find you know one page and it's basically just going to take you to the page where my headshot is yeah i I dated a gal once in high school who even though it was an all boys high school she appeared in the name index more often than i did because she was in so many of the plays on camera Uh yep but i gotta tell you i was going through that name index tonight and there was one year where my my name had more than one page on it. And I freaked out and I was like, what's that about? Why am I in the, the yearbook more than once? And I really got to quick read this crazy story. There's this section in our yearbook. Uh, this was 95. So I'm, I think a sophomore or junior. And there was this really um, infamous event on campus where there was some sort of uh, thing in the auditorium assembly something like that and there was a female speaker and some of the classmates some of the idiots in class like cat called her and it kind of became this like you know kerfuffle at school Mm -hmm. what happened was they had this whole event where all the students had to show up at on campus on a weekday evening like 7 p.m at night or something and everybody had to get into different classrooms and we were in classrooms with teachers with spouses of teachers and this was something called and there's a whole section, like a whole chapter in the yearbook on this. It's called Sexual Awareness Night. Oh, wow. And so I'm looking at my name index and it's like Sebastian Nelson, page blah, 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 and page blah, blah, blah. And I look at 
page, blah, blah, blah. And it's my headshot. And I go to the other page and it's sexual awareness night. And I'm like, wait a second. I only appear twice in the whole yearbook. And the other time is sexual awareness night. So I'm scanning <laughs> this. I'm going through this whole page and I'm like, why, why am I associated with this? And there's this little like blurb and it talks about this thing. And um, it, it says, blah, 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 blah. And then it says, so was the night a success? And then it says, as Sebastian Nelson replied, quote, overall, the whole night was a good idea, but the discussion questions were too hypothetical, unquote. So oh, basically, wow. like if anybody tried to research my high school career, like this is like one of like basically the only thing in print that I have to contribute. You know, it's like I was never student body president. It's just I'm complaining that sex night was too hypothetical. So <laughs> I have I have no idea how this happened or why I'm even in there. Or, I well, that's any memory of this at all so that that that's better than me because i i seem to remember at that kind of point i was pretty sarcastic I'm like sexual awareness <laughs> night of course i'm aware of sex duh <laughs> i know right it's a thing i know i could go home and watch the wb and get aware of sex i guess that way that's right yeah oh my gosh but you know i mean i had a lot of really strong friends in high school i mean i i i say that but at the same time i had a lot of strong friends in middle school and yet they ended up going to Lincoln High School just a mere five blocks away, and I almost never saw them ever again. So it's like, how strong of friends can you really say they were, I guess? Or I think I blame myself mostly because I really didn't put the effort in, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was generally a good time. I think I had – I think I enjoyed high school the best of all my school experiences. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say the same for me. It's kind of interesting because, you know, there's so many people that talk about – either pro or con, you know, sex ed versus co-ed education. And, you know, I, I always kind of feel that you and I are some of the relatively few people in the country that, you know, lived on both sides of the fence and in a sense, maybe have an opinion that might be a little bit more valid than other people's opinions. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, do you have any final thoughts about like, which one was better, if any? Or mm, I personally, I mean, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, I think co-education is better. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, I think, I mean, I have lots of memories of guys who would sit there in class just completely aloof and not tuned in uh -huh. um, and who would like literally fart and giggle at themselves. Right, right. And I would like to think that if there were girls around, they'd be kind of paying a little bit more attention to themselves and how they compose themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've always, I, I, I got to tell you, I felt like the best balance would be like if you had a school setting where it was guys and girls but like the classrooms would be segregated you know what i mean so like lunchtime it'd be co-ed the clubs would be co-ed but once you're in the classroom and trying to learn it was like you know you could just be with your own gender or whatever so you could just kind of focus on the learning and not focus on the i don't know showing off or whatever i don't know that's with my feelings but, yeah um do you remember actually i know that you're going to answer yes to one of these questions but do you remember the name of like the little it wasn't a market but it was like a little like snack shack and it had video games down by the college park train station uh, not because so, i not bell market right no bell market was at the other end of campus on the same street right um, because as much as, you know, eventually 
we were all really kind of corralled to staying on campus, there were certain spots like literally right across the street from campus um, in a couple directions that were considered on campus. So at lunchtime, if you wanted to go over to Bell Market and get some food or get a drink or whatever, you totally could. You technically right. could go across the street to the, um, what, uh, like the, the Bellarmine Barber. Yeah, there was like a Bell Barber or something like that. Yeah, it was so Mayberry, you know, just like the, all the little businesses and the, like mm-hmm. the satellites of the school just had the name Bell in their, in their title or whatever. Yeah, because they're, they're just the proximity of school. But, but down at like the far end of campus basically near the college park train station because the caltrain line runs right past there Mm. there used to be it was basically a little snack shack and they had an arcade in there i don't think i ever went there oh well maybe i did i just can't remember the name of it for the life of me right now no you know i mean i know that little train station so many of my my classmates my friends actually commuted to and from high school on the the caltrans train that would drop off right there. I think that little train station, Rinky Dink train station, also featured in the plot of a like um, uh, a novel by um, it was like Call of the Wild or one mm-hmm. of the, Jack London. Yeah, one of the Jack London novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely remember how Bell Market, like the little corner, like market, like it was almost like a liquor store, but the guy would like order a whole bunch of like pizzas at noon from like yes, and then he would like sell individual slices to students and probably yep. make killing. I oh yeah. I remember one year there was some sort of controversy. Maybe he was selling things to underage kids. So like the school had like an, a weird like embargo on him for a while until he like shaped up or something. Was, that that kind of rings a bell. Um, I remember there's like, we had a funky cafeteria that the school library was like below in the, like, the basement area. Yes. And it was totally bummer because like, that's where we had all our proms and stuff. And some of the all girl Catholic schools in the neighborhood that were almost like paired up with us, like presentation or notebook. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I mean, Notre Dame had their prom at like the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm so jealous. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, no, I, I I remember that. But I mean, I, I just even by the time we got around to proms, and I went to both my proms, I wasn't a dancer. I did I did I didn't enjoy dancing. So really? it's like we'd literally go to prom and hang out. Oh, well, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I I would always wear these like these ridiculous Christmas socks I had that. Um, <laughs> on the bottom of the feet had the word snuggle emblazoned on them. And what I would do is I would go to the mixer and I, or the prom or whatever. And I'd take my like little like rental shoes off and like, mm-hmm. I would go crazy on the dance floor in these like Christmas socks and just like swish oh all my around. God, That's hilarious. It was totally fun too, because we had like um, the prom, like for some reason I had this memory where like the waiters were the teachers so, like, I had this one history teacher, Father Clemo. He was this, like, ancient Jesuit. Oh, right? yeah. I remember Clemo. And he was, like, he was really, like, um, kind of temperamental. But at the same time, it was, like, that was my favorite. I really dug that subject. I decided to major in history when I eventually went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I had these old photos where it's, like, he's the waiter at my table or something. You know, it's just kind of this bizarre thing going on. Yeah, that 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 was always kind of a weird thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I seem to remember there was... So like downstairs, like right, I mean, I guess it was technically at the front of the library. Yeah. There was, there was like a snack bar. Oh yeah. You could buy cookies from brother. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember brother anyone. And, and I, up until just now kept going, I'm like, they were famous, famous cookies. Right. And I'm like, no, I think they were Otis Spunkmeyer. 
Were they really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was something like And they that. were really good because they would literally like, they had like a little toaster oven or whatever, and they'd cook them right yeah, there. And the thing is, yeah, you'd always get there, try to get there like very first thing and buy a couple, and they'd just still be like hot and gooey. Right, right. And that would just be the best. One of the crazy things about Bellarmine was like as a graduation requirement, you had to do like a set number of community service hours. Oh, Yes. What yes, forced you, volunteering. Yeah, for yes, which is kind of a contradiction in terms, but completely. What were some of your um your community service projects? Oh jeez. I'm pretty sure I went up to Camp Campbell mm-hmm. my sophomore year mm-hmm. and was a camp counselor for a week. Okay. Okay. And that basically fulfilled it. Yeah. I did that too. I also did um I was a like an after-school tutor at Hoover for a while oh, okay. was freshman year. Yeah. And then I think sophomore year, I volunteered at a, a place actually in the Egyptian museum that we talked about earlier. And it was called services for the brain impaired. And it was like folks that had been in car wrecks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you could like sit with them and like do puzzles and activities and stuff. Like oh, that. wow. It was, was kind of cool. Nice. Um, one really, really, really weird thing that I have to fess up, to um even though i'm an alum of hoover middle school i've never once stepped inside the original hoover middle school the one mm-hmm. the, 30s, the 45 room one you know yeah have you ever been inside of old hoover i've driven past it uh, a thousand times over the past 41 years i don't think so that's crazy isn't that crazy that's cra- I, I think that's crazy i guess so you know it's like living next to a huge thing and you never go inside it for some reason i don't know oh my gosh so many memories yeah, and and some that I had I had honestly forgotten for a good long time. Me too. Jeez, is there anything anything else you we should mention? Or you know, honestly, at the moment, not that I can think of. Yeah. Ask me again in the morning. I'll probably have half a dozen. Yeah, times. right, right, right. As as is often the case. Totally, totally. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, definitely. So, Seb, you yeah. kind of came up with the the topic for next month. What are we talking about? Well, it's going to be kind of a, a weird idea, and I hope it works. I don't know if it will, but I, I thought maybe we have an episode where we talk about some of our favorite childhood audio cassette tapes. And it can be yeah. all things from actual band albums or audiobooks or spooky Halloween sound effects, all sorts of things. So um, I'm kind of excited about it. I, I think it hopefully we'll be good um yeah i i I, when you first pitched it to me i was like really and then you're kind of like yeah but like this and this and this remember these and i was like oh yeah okay okay yeah Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give it a shot sure sure anyway i'm uh, i hope it works out we'll find out folks yeah yeah worst worst case scenario i'll i'll edit up a uh an interview I did a, a year ago and, and we'll release that instead, right? Um, I'm still looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I'll get around to it. We'll we'll need a month off at some point. I'll just be like, we're gonna we're gonna put this out. Nice. Anyway, well, thank you for joining us for this. Until next time, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Memory Serves Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Blue Box UFO, and you can follow Seb. At Clan McMuffin. Indeed. And that makes me want some McDonald's breakfast food right now. Subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever they call it now in Stitcher and Spotify. Heck, wherever you consume podcasts, just look for If Memory Serves. Please, if you can, rate and review us as well. We'd love a five stars or whatever you think is fair. You can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash the 
N-O-T-L-G. You can get a feed of all the shows that come out on the network. There's even been a couple of new shows that have popped up uh, in uh, recent weeks now that basically everybody's home uh, for the most part uh, during uh, shelter in place. Uh, so we've got more of that. We've even got podcasting coming out weekly now instead of every other week. So check out all of that. Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com. Get yourself one of our sweet, sweet, sweet Hey, it's got a cassette on it, if memory serves, T-shirts. And again, by all means, you know, during this time, if you have uh, friends or or people you like who are independent artists, uh, who own their own businesses, and you're thinking of supporting us, by all means, support them instead. They need it more than we do. If you've got an extra couple bucks and you want to pitch in and help us out, we will not turn that down either. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. But by all means, support the independent businesses and artists and restaurants first. They need it more than we do right now. And until then, June, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll still be in lockdown. Maybe it'll be like, oh, we're going to extend it to July now. But who knows? Um, but we will talk to you then. Good night. Stay safe, folks. Memers has thrown up on the carpet. Oh, no. So we need to take a pause. Yes. Because uh, nobody else is coming to clean it up. And okay. I need to clean that up real quick.